Hello and welcome to Run Fast, Lift Heavy. Today I spoke to PT and online coach Christian Hill. We talked about his transition from in-person to online PT and how he completed an Ironman without being able to swim a lap in the pool nine months prior to the race. It's a conversation of true grit, resilience and how having a purpose is the best motivation in life. If you enjoyed this conversation, please do rate, review and subscribe. I've also put Christian's links in the description. Enjoy, guys. Bye. Okay, hello and welcome to Run Fast, Lift Heavy. Today I'm joined by Christian Hill. How are you? I'm not too bad, Phoebe. Thank you very much for having me on the podcast. I've not been on one of these for a wee while, so I'm feeling a bit rusty. I need to deliver some energy, and you were bigging me up right before it as well. You were like, I like, because I actually asked, Phoebe, how did you stumble across me? Because obviously you're from Newcastle, I'm from West Coast of Scotland, yeah. and you were saying I listened to you in somebody else's podcast, and I liked your vibe, and I was like, fuck, I need to deliver on here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so before we get into it, I'd love if you could tell the listeners a bit more about yourself, who you are, what you do, how did you get into it? And so, um, a bit of insight into me, I always try and keep this short as well, like, and I try not to go too far back to when I was like a toddler or something, right? But like, I, I'm 28 now, and mm-hmm. when I was younger, I wasn't massively into fitness or that at all. I was a bit of a grey man, like, I was, but I wasn't that good at it. Like, I was yeah. like, I described my body as like a flump-like body. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't one of these wee guys with like abs and pecs and that, and I wasn't amazing at any given sport at all. And it wasn't yeah. until I probably became about 16, I started to realise that I was an okay, like, I liked running. Um, I like going to the gym and stuff as well. And to be honest, a lot of the stuff that I like doing within fitness was very individual. And it's not to say that I don't like team stuff now. I actually do. But I don't really... The stuff that I was pushed to, uh, towards in the west coast of Scotland is like a lot of people play football. And I wasn't into football. But I thought I was a weirdo because I didn't like football. Yeah. And yeah, so like I just thought I was a bit of a, a bit of a biff with, with sport and stuff. And then, like, when I was 17, I joined the RAF, the Air Force, and that's when I started to get a lot more seriously into fitness and stuff, and I wanted to change my body, like, I wanted to change the way in which I looked, and I'd been dabbling in it, and then, but I also loved boozing and going out and partying and, do you know what I mean, like, going daft, so yeah. um, I spent a lot of my early 20s doing that, Um I used to smoke and party all the time and all that, but I was one of these folk that lived pure two colliding lifestyles, like, I wanted to be this dead fit healthy guy but then I also wanted to be this like mad party guy as well which a lot of folk do don't they as well yeah. um, and then I uh, started like I really realised that I liked coaching other people like I was actually put into the role when I was in the military being such, like, uh, an instructor and I really liked just lifting people up but I was also really hating that I didn't like where I was going in the military and stuff I didn't like the path I was going down in the sense that like you know when you just really start thinking into the future and yeah. you're like, this can't be it. Like, this can't be it. And I'm not saying, I'm not bashing the military. I had a great time in there. It, like, really, really shaped me to who I am. But it just, I knew it was never going to be a long thing. And I knew there was something else calling my name, but I didn't know what that was. And then when I was 22, 23, 22, something like that, I was in Ibiza and I was like, had like a panic attack and all that. I was partying and everything. And I was like, nah, um, yeah. this can't, I'm not, like, I don't want to go down this route. I've been another fucking depressed 20-year-old living in the west coast of Scotland, do you know what I mean? And then um, I literally put my notice in and I was like, I'm going to become a PT because I heard you could get £30 an hour. I heard <laughs> that. Like, like that. honestly, like it was as simple as that. I also like training folk and 
when I was going abroad and stuff with the military folk were always asking me to train them and stuff and we were deployed and stuff so it was like right can I put two and two together and I didn't yeah. know what that looked like and done my PT course left and started literally the day the day I left I left on the Friday on the Monday I started my six-week course that I've been studying for for three months and then it was just kind of winging it from there but when I started I just knew that there was like a there was a serious potential there and I was mm-hmm. like like I started when like just over five years ago when social media was massive but nowhere near where it's at now like it's just it's just assumed that you have a presence online like you whereas when i started it but it wasn't even dead encouraged within the gyms i was in and stuff like it was just like i you can build a business without it. social media and by the way you still can like i've got a client like i coach a lot of coaches and he's just built a business with zero social media like he's just packed out his diary with no social media so like it isn't that far advanced where you need to do it, but what I'm saying yeah. is, so like um, very, very quickly, I just seen there was loads of scope for growth and all that, but the funny thing was, I didn't really follow like a lot of people when it came to fitness and all that. Like I was like, I went from being in the military to becoming a civvy, and it was like, I didn't really follow like any pages. Like I remember stumbling across folk like James Smith and Jamie Alderton being like, oh, these guys are cool, but like not discovering them until I even became a coach as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, like in regards to to that, like I, I became like the classic bumped myself out in the gym and all that. Lockdown happened and rediscovered myself, um, and basically it allowed me to just have time to think and, and breathe. And then um, essentially, I just became uh, over the course of the past sort of thirty months an online coach, and that really came off the back end to start my own podcast and stuff as well. But I'm very grateful for lockdown. Like I really, really am. Like uh, it, like it changed my life, like for the better. A lot of things could happen personally and professionally a lot of bad things but off the back end of them and I think that's a really powerful thing being able to look at something that a lot of people may relish but being like well what actually came from that off the back end of it whereas a lot of folk were just like didn't like this didn't like this change and obviously it's I'm not saying it was a good thing but at the end of the day you have to make the best of a bad situation and I feel that really done that for me it just showed me that I was just doing too much I put my relationship in the back burner. I put my body in the back burner. I put so many things in the back burner. Then it just reinvigorated me to just, it was almost like I was starting again. See that same feeling yeah. when I, when I, I loved it. I, I like, I actually loved it. Like I was like, yes, I've got another opportunity. Cause it was almost like being in the gym, the burnt out. I'd hit that bottleneck. I was burnt out. I was doing max hours. I was there. And it was like, like that same feeling I had when I was in the Air Force. It was like, where am I, like, what, I can't do this forever, like, I can't see myself doing this, so everything happens for a reason, doesn't it? I mean, that panic yeah. attack that I had in Ibiza, yeah. terrible at the time, but ultimately it was a big, big catalyst for yeah change. I think it comes down to controlling what you can in the situation. In my lockdown, I just started CrossFit before we went into it, so I saw it as an opportunity to teach myself some of the gymnastic skills, so for me it was getting a handstand push-up, and I just focus on exactly what I could in the moment um, and then use that to better myself. But before we go into more about uh, your current work, when you started off as a PT, did you do it in a commercial gym? So when I started off, yeah, I worked in it was, what was it again? Like, it was lifestyle fitness, but and then it changed to the gym group. So it was like that for like a year or something. Then it changed over to the gym group. And I worked in there for three years. Yeah. Um, and then, like, when lo- I was also, I was really sick of working in a commercial gym. I don't really like commercial gyms at all anymore after spending three years in one. And uh, I don't really care about saying that either. Like, a lot of this, 
a lot of the folk in there were horrible. Like, and I'm not talking about the staff, I'm talking about the people. Like, it was just, it was a horrible environment to work in. Like, I had folk, like, fucking threatening me and all that, and folk, like, it just, it was quite, it wasn't very nice. Um, Like, it's not a nice place to work in towards the end. So, again, it was one of those ones I was grateful for. Then, again, I had a boot camp and stuff as well. Like, I had all that stuff. Um, But, yeah, um, like, my sort of ethos and my training, and that's what, like, I've kind of, refined now is I've always liked doing a bit of both and that's obviously why you were saying for me to come on the podcast as well so I've always liked to be able to run stuff as well and and be strong and fit so that's a big part of like me and it's like I was a bit it was almost like I was a bit confused in the gym like I was delivering stuff in the gym and I was also running the boot camp and it was like I don't know my message was pure mixed and now I just I just love helping folk just be a hybrid do you know what I mean yeah so you moved your business online a question that I have for you is how did you go about getting your online clients? Because when I look at the online coaching industry, a lot of them have been on Love Island or have already built up a big following, you know, with 10,000 plus followers. Yeah. And that's they would get their clients. How did it work for you? So a lot, a lot of them, these influencers are running low tier coaching. They're yeah. not delivering. Like, so you need, you need to differentiate the difference between an exceptional coach Mm-hmm. and being famous right yeah. now what you will find is that someone who has 100k followers and they, they get an app they invest a bit of money into it and they get it on mm-hmm. yeah they have a thousand clients they make ten thousand pound a month they have zero fucking fulfillment yeah because they're not actually coaching yeah so it really comes down to do you want to be known for exceptional coaching and deliver a high caliber service and actually change people's lives yeah or do you want to get fixated on numbers because anyone can get fixated on numbers yeah and there's three things that really drive a successful business right three things sales mm-hmm. churn, so people turning over yeah and founder fulfillment right see if the founder is not happy mm-hmm. okay that's why businesses all fail right i'm happy as fuck and my program's amazing i've got yeah. 5k followers and my program is 10 times better, yeah. than a, like a million times better than what these things do because there is levels to what we do. And on the surface, why do you think these folk are doing things for selling their soul to do paid ads? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because they, they're trying to monetize the quickest, easiest, fastest way. Human beings are very primitive in our thinking. Our brains haven't developed since we've been cavemen. Everything else is de- cavemen and cavewomen, right? <laughs> They haven't developed, so we yeah. still focus on what we see. We judge. Mm. As soon as you see someone, it doesn't matter when someone says, don't judge a book by its cover. You judge someone. That's yeah. what you do. But you have to catch yourself out doing it. That's the difference, right? Now, mm. it's the same when we look at numbers, analytics, and what we see on the surface. It's the same when someone, Phoebe, walks into the CrossFit gym and they see you doing handstand push-ups and they see you doing snatches and fucking, like, you're throwing the bar about and they're like, oh, my God. They're looking at the highlight reel. You're looking at the front end. They're not seeing all the work that goes into it as well. And ultimately, people need to understand when it comes to being a coach is there is levels to coaching, right? And the way you need to look at it is, this is my friend Lewis that said this, right? There's white belt coaches and there's black belt coaches. Mm -hmm. You've been on Love Island, right? And you've had zero clients and you launch an app. You're a fucking white belt coach. Yeah. But on the surface, because you have a lot of traction, popularity, yeah, you're going to get more clients. But you're probably going to be like the swan, cruising along at the top, flapping underneath. Yeah. How do I do here? The turnover's going to be crazy. You're not going to get any fulfillment for it at all. It's going to be analytics. It's 
Does yeah. that can answer that there? Yeah, and I think it also comes down to, at the end of the day, you're being paid to coach people, and that requires a lot of trust on the behalf of the client. They need to show their vulnerable side to you, and I doubt that they're going to do that to someone who's got six-pack abs, you know, 80,000 followers on Instagram, who acts like they're this amazing person because they, they're not going to come across as relatable. Yeah. I think well, the, the thing is, as well, like, what you'll find is when people come on. So I, I work with a lot of very successful coaches in the mentorship that I'm in. Like I'm surrounded by them. And there are some people, right, that are amazing coaches. Yeah. They are incredible, right, like within their own right. But it just so happens that they blew up on social media. Yeah. And it's that's just an amazing position to be in. And yeah. they are like in incredible shape. And mm-hmm. so you, you need, I suppose it's like anything else. You're only looking at the tip of the iceberg, aren't you? Yeah. And I think if you go into anything doubting yourself, you're just gonna you're gonna be like I genuinely believe I'm one of the best coaches in Scotland. Mm. In the you know UK. Yeah. And it's like if if you have that level of belief, like I'm definitely up there. hundred mm. percent. Like I don't know what, what on a scale of what, right? I am not gonna go into it. There's no trophies for that, right? But yeah. I'm up there because yeah. I live and breathe it. I invest mm-hmm. a lot of money in my own development. I've got a lot of skin in the game. I've got a lot of results. I've got an incredible program. Why wouldn't it be, right? Mm. And if I wanted to base things on numbers and all that, there's a lot more people with more followers and all that than me. But at the end of the day, are they doing what I'm doing on the same level? It's, it's you really have to look at everything, isn't it? It's just numbers, isn't it? Like it's, at the end of the day, it's like you can look at someone that like, you would want to have way more fulfillment, wouldn't you? Fulfillment's the key thing. I actually had this conversation with someone today and basically I was talking about, about business and I was saying, you could have all the money in the world. You could have all. You could run a business, but see if it's not giving you fulfillment and purpose, it's not going to last. See, yeah. like, and that's what you see. That's why so many businesses fail. Mm. It's not that they fail; it's that the person just sees it as like. See if you get to a point where you're bottlenecked your business. Like, see where I was when I was in the gym. Yeah, you know, was at that point. Like, if I kept going with that, I would have just bumped myself out. Man, I'm going to go and do something else because I don't need to put up with this level of stress. I don't mm. need to put up with this level of worry. I would quite like to have some holidays. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like whereas if you're doing something that is, it's the the impact is scalable, mm-hmm. the, the the contribution is scalable, the the progress is scalable. But it's there's no limit to where you can go. Yeah, when you're a driven person. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. But don't ever, like, never ever think, Phoebe, that like, yeah, it would help. But like, there, there's loads of folk doing things. That I, there's loads of folk that I follow. Like, I'm not a business guru in that at all, right? But I know business, I understand it, like, I really, really do when it comes to especially building a, a really, really successful coaching program, right? And there's a lot of people with, like, 10k followers and a thousand likes, man, and they're on their stories just putting pictures with a tap half on there, and they're, they're in gyms working 12 hour days, like, you're like that. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't, followers don't equal success. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The impact that you're having on your clients your quality of life and your level of fulfillment, that's success. That's a great metrics of success, isn't it? If someone is like like me, I'm fucking thriving. My clients are thriving right now. I'm yeah. delivering on another level to my clients. I've just been out of run there. I went and met my friend for a coffee this afternoon. a nice busy morning. I'm on a podcast right now chatting to yourself. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's like I'm feeling like I'm really good then tomorrow I'm gonna I'm gonna be at it to the other. Whereas when I was in the gym and I was doing like twelve hour days, like I was you have, and the thing is, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that at all. You have to earn your stripes. You have to say, right, a passage, isn't it? You have to go through these points. But at the same time, it's like, 
it, like I'm not dissing that, I'm not bashing it, but at the end of the day, there's just levels to what you do. And I'm not saying that it goes face to face then online. There's incredible online coaches. I coach a lot of face to face coaches. I, I coach a lot of incredible coaches that are doing amazing things face to face because that's where their values lie. Yeah. It, it, it's, do you know what I mean it's it's not a case of you do that and you do this. It's just you do whatever you want. I know a lot of bit people that own gyms that have incredible culture, gyms that you just want to spend so much time in. People that gain friendships and have communities like that. That is that is a success. That's fulfillment. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And they're they're progressive. They're scalable. So amazing. Whereas there's also people that are running gyms that are they're not seeing any success there's no culture there's no thing I mean it's like well, why are you doing that and that's why these gyms end up shutting down yeah you know I mean? yeah absolutely so i'd love to get into a bit about your training what's your current style of training before the iron man what did you like to do did you do so I've, I've always as i mentioned before i've always ran um not dead dead competitively more doing events and stuff as i became a coach and stuff done a couple when i was like in the military and stuff but i always ran I've always had this feeling fever that I, I, I wouldn't like to be left anywhere and I, I like to stand them on two feet and I feel like being a good runner really is a good test to that yeah. like I, I just wouldn't like like it just doesn't sit well see the fact if someone went like that one day like run you run for the train or something and I was pure fuck doing it I wouldn't like that feeling I, mm. I, I don't know I just feel like it would be like oh man I'm not looking after myself here I'm not saying that's a measurement of success but just in my eyes so yeah I agree I, hope, I like yeah. knowing that I could go and walk up Ben Nevis potentially tomorrow yes. or yeah. go and swim or go and play a game of rugby and not be winded if I get tackled, you know? 100 percent That that is it. And it's you want to be able to have like longevity. You want to make sure like my girlfriend's grand is uh, 86. Yeah. She walks like six miles every single day. Yeah. She's looking amazing for her age. Yeah. I want to feel like that. <laughs> yeah. Have you right. uh, have you are you familiar with Ollie March on? Yes, yeah. yes. He's got this saying, train everything ready for anything. And yeah. I love that. I like yeah. the, the variation of training. You know, on a Monday, you're doing gymnastics. On a Tuesday, it's endurance. Wednesday, weightlifting. Yeah, I yeah. think that's brilliant. So, yeah. so you're training. You, you've done running. Have you done strength training before? Yeah, yeah. So I've done, like, I've t- to be honest, since I've been about 17, it's been yeah. sort of it was the bro split for the first few years, and like I still, I still very much am just about. I, I love, I love making sure that my physique's in check, like I, I genuinely do. Yeah. I love being strong. I love shifting a lot of good weight about, and yeah. I, I like, I like being. See, when I go to an event, I like being like close to ninety kilos. Yeah, up yeah. Running yeah. with the wee lean guys and girls at the front. See, when you do like a ten k. Yeah, and like you've got the forty-minute folk that are like really, really lean and really, really skinny. I like being in amongst them. Yeah, they want it, and they're like, "Who's that guy? He shouldn't be." Yeah, yeah that, that's what I mean. So I like, I like being there. Like, yes. So, I've, and then I could go and like lift and be hit. Like, do you know what I mean? Just again, be functionally mm. fit for purpose. Do you know what I mean? And just yeah. have that. Like, one of the things in our program, it's what you said, is like I'm just actually changing one of the pillars of the program. Is I'm ready for anything, body. Mm. I mean, fit for anything, fit for purpose, ready to go. Like, it's just a case of screwing the nut in one area, or you've got a marathon. Let's go into like an eight-week specific program. Yeah. Or you're going to be going on holiday and you want to get a little bit leaner. Let's screw it up for like four to six weeks. Yeah. Rather than going into, oh, I need to go into a four-month fat loss phase transformation. Yeah. All I need. Do you know what I mean? It's like you want to get yeah. a point where you are just like peak. Do you know what I mean? Like ready to go, ready to get after it. So like that's. That's where I've kind of formed that from as well. Um, and basically, yeah, so I've always done that. Like, 
I've done a bit of obstacle course racing for a wee bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done it, done CrossFit for a wee while as well. Um, but now it's just genuinely like all these things that I've done, it's taken part. So right now I'm lifting weights three, three to four times per week, hitting two to three runs because I'm training for a three-hour marathon right now. And um, also just getting a bit of functional work in as well, a bit of conditioning stuff, Metcon stuff. So it really depends on what I'm doing, but I will always, I'll never train weights less than three times per week. Mm. Sometimes it will go up to four, yeah. and then I might do a Metcon twice per week, and yeah. then I might run one to three times per week. That's that's mm. essentially then whatever I'm specifically focusing on at that given time, I'll screw them up in that area. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So then you did an Ironman back in mm. 2021. What led you to making that decision? And can you remember the day that you mentally committed to doing an Ironman? Yeah, so like I'd I'd never I'd never done anything like that before. I'd never done a triathlon. I couldn't even swim. Really? And yeah, I couldn't even swim. I taught myself to swim, yeah. and I could I could swim, Phoebe. Like I'm a, I want the way I come on here and sound like a liar. I could swim to the other side of a pool. Yeah. Like and it wouldn't look pretty. Like I could swim. I could I could go in the sea and float about and all that and swim about, yeah. but like a, not swim. Like see, and then very quickly I realised what swimming was. Like it was like. It's this hard, man. Yeah. So it was um, basically over lockdown. I'd done what a lot of people done. I bought a bike. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'd always wanted to do an Ironman. I felt as if it was like a status thing. Like, yeah, oh, that's, that's impressive, man. Like, what it is, even if they don't know the distances, I think everyone has an awareness that an Ironman is a, is a feat of endurance. And they yeah, know. Um, yeah, like yeah. honestly, like, yeah, and I, I don't know why I've got a pen in my hand. And I was just holding a pen off my face there. Yeah, yeah 100%. Like, loads of people were like, just totally, like, even people that went out into fitness, they were just like, an island man. They didn't really, they knew, they totally knew of it. And I was like, yeah. And then, like, it always been something I wanted to do. And I remember me and my friend, and I'm the sort of person where I've been able to wing things. Like, I've got, I was thinking this today, right? And I was like, I was at a run today, I was at a run right there and I was doing like animals. And I was like doing like a run and I've been running loads recently, really, really specifically fast. And I'd done like a 20 and a half minute 5k there and then I had a stop and then I'd done it again. Yeah. And then I was like, I had to break it in two because I was pure fatigued. And I was going, why? I, I've been able to knock a five sub 25k out of the park with zero training. Yeah. And now I'm specifically training yeah. and I, I can't do it. Yeah. Obviously, it's just obviously take everything into consideration, but... I'm the sort of person that for years, to be honest with you, with my level of consistency and what I've been doing, I have been winging it. Like, I've been totally winging it. And I bought that bike and it was going to nice big cycles and all that. And me and my friend were like, do I just do a 100-mile cycle? And we did a 100-mile cycle with, like, zero training. Yeah. Most we cycled was, like, 30 miles. And we were like, we'll just do 100 miles. And yeah. then we went out and it was like, I'd done it. And I was just like, I've always thought about the Ironman. And it was like, I said to my friend, I was like, because we were like, it was hard to see doing the 100 miles in the bike with zero training, and we bonked and everything. Like, we were totally, we were standing yeah. outside of the road. I felt as if I'd been taking a dodgy ecky or something, man. Like, I was stood <laughs> there, like, oh, my, I was grey, like, totally grey. Like, and um, this is us just out winging it. And, uh, but I remember at the end of it, I was like, oh, I do an Ironman. Like, I, I, I want to do it. And then I reached out to a coach after that, and he was like, right, okay. He was like, right, we'll, we'll see what you're like. And I was like, I can't swim. And he was like, all right, we'll, we'll work on that. We'll find you get it. And I was like, and I totally like, like when I taught myself to swim, I didn't have any, it was just my coach, John, yeah. sending me WhatsApps going, yeah, just pretend you're on a ladder. 
Yeah. <laughs> totally just winging it. And uh, like obviously being on a ladder as if I'm like striking right. down. Yeah. And then, yeah, so basically um, it was like John's like, right. And we worked on a few things. I ended up PVing my 5K, my 10K and all that when I worked for him just to get a bit of a base. We worked on some speed. And then yeah. we were like, he's like, right, I want you to do a half Ironman. I was like, I've never done it. And he was like, Christian, you've got the ability to do it and it will let you set the tone. And then I think it was like the September, October or something. I was like, went out and done a half Ironman. But instead of doing the, the, the swim, he's like, run a 10K, do the cycle, then run a half marathon. Yeah. And I was like, all right. So I went out myself and I'd done a half Ironman. Yeah. And then I, I was absolutely done in. Like, didn't do it. But again, zero specific training for it. Yeah. And then just done it, and he was like, "I knew you could do that." Um, and then basically after that, not long after November, I locked in an event. But I'd been putting them off because obviously at that time in twenty twenty, when was that? Twenty twenty. This was at the end of twenty twenty, so it was like everything was coming and going. Events, so it was like I would have booked it sooner. Yeah, but it was like waited. Then in the November, I booked the event. It was for Ironman Mallorca in May, but. As you'll know, all these things got pushed back and pushed back and all that. So my Ironman journey was a bit hairy, to be honest, because it just, like, I haven't cycled or swam since. Like, that's really? how much. Yeah, I haven't cycled yeah. or swam since. I've ran loads, like, but yeah. I just, like, I, it just honestly, like, see the end of it, Phoebe, I was like, I fucking hate this. But I'm doing a half Ironman this year. All right. Yeah. It seems like you went from being a person who was quite confident in your training you know you didn't really push the boundaries just getting by to be very fit to do enough to then becoming a white belt how did that work for you you know you went in and you couldn't even swim that comfortably yeah well to give you some insight as well i've done a lot of grueling challenges and stuff prior right. to that yeah so i've done like 24 hour challenges and again winging them like just totally like i've done mountain races I'd done like chariot events where I ran up and down mountains twice and all that and stuff on myself. So I had a good level of belief in myself. Like, like, do you know what I mean? I just had like, I, I, ignorance is bliss. And I genuinely had this thing where I was like, nah, I can do anything. <laughs> and it's like, it's a bit of ego, but it's mm. when you harness that dark energy and yeah. actually harness it to be in your favor. So I was like, nah, I can do that. You can do it mm. easy. So this, I wasn't worried about the running. And funnily enough, I ended up getting an injury and had to walk most of the marathon on the actual day of the Ironman. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, yeah, I was like, when I obviously signed up to it, I was like, yeah, I'll figure it out. Started swimming in the pools. And honestly, I couldn't even do two lengths unbroken. Like, I was like, totally. And it, it scared me. Like, it really, really scared me. But mm-hmm. I'm a strong believer. I understand consistency. And John was like, it'll click. So mm-hmm. every single week, I just went to the pool twice a week, every single week. And just, I hated it. I actually was talking to this today. Someone, um, funnily enough, I went and met, I'm doing a talk in a college soon. And basically the guy, um, Stuart, the guy was really interesting because he's doing a triathlon this year and he was picking my brain about it. So it's really fresh in my brain. So I was talking about it. Well, I hadn't spoke about it in ages. Yeah. Um, and then basically, yeah, like he was picking my brain about the swimming. And I was like, I just trusted that I would click. Mm. Like I just, like, I, I, and this is the one thing that I say to my clients. I actually wrote a post I'm going to put up today or tomorrow. I don't know when I'll put it up. And basically, it was saying what really differentiates a success in PLU, my program. And I said, one number one is someone's ability to think and play a far greater game. Mm-hmm. And see, from years of doing different things, throwing myself in, joining the military when I was 17, like, do you know what I mean? Just, yeah. I had a lot of belief in myself, Evie. Mm. Like, that was it. And that's something that 
it's all well me saying that, right? That's something that takes practice. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But see what I said when I joined the military? I knew that, like, from... I just knew there was a... I, I knew I was capable of more. Not saying that, that there was, I wasn't felt... I, I wasn't filming my potential where I was, and I knew that I was capable of more. And the funny thing is, it's when you really start to find something that allows you to thrive and allows you to just continue going. It, it's just amazing. And that's that's what I love helping people do, Phoebe. Like, that, see what I'm talking about right now? Like, that is what... I, it makes me really excited talking about it. I love giving people that level of belief that yeah. I have for myself. That that is that is kind of my mission. That is what my sort of crusade is. Yeah, I think it really does come down to mind over matter as well because yeah. ultimately you do your hour swimming session. You can either go for it and push yourself really hard, and then or not at all, and you're going to walk out after that session after the hour. In one scenario, you're going to feel down on yourself, and in one scenario, you're going to know that you're capable of a lot more than you think yeah 100 percent. and the funny thing is those little voices go never go away yeah like they just in that it was it was hard like it was hard going out the hardest thing was probably going out like six hour cycles on your own it was just so fucking boring yeah and it was just it was so mind-numbing and i was so exhausted all the time <laughs> like see because the event got pushed back pushed back pushed back mm. i was i was i peaked and then I was just in a state where I was like, I don't want to fucking do this anymore. Yeah. Like, it was like, because it, it, I'm not an endurance athlete. Mm. Like, so it was like, it wasn't in line with my values. Like, it was starting to take its toll on me. Like, I wasn't feeling like my training, my energy was so zapped because yeah. I was literally out doing something I didn't really want to do anymore. Do you know what I mean? I set out to do it in May and I ended up doing it in August. Mm. It was way beyond. So, and I've been training I was going out, I remember in the winter, I made this like, I was literally like going out in the winter in Scotland, training in the winter for a fucking Ironman. It's terrible. Yeah. Like, it's actually terrible. Like, I was going out cycles and just going out for, like, honestly, I look back at them there and I'm sitting going off, like, 40 miles is a lot, right? But like, at that time, I was going off 40 miles, like, mm. but like, 40 miles with the wind and rain and cold battling you, like, is just horrendous. Like, it's just not good at all. So, yeah, it, it definitely. Like, I remember actually being like Taylor. Like, I'm just so tired. Like, I'm just so exhausted, and I don't really want to do it. Actually, saying that, like, like I didn't. I never was going to give up. Mm -hmm. I would like. I would never give up. Like it's just something that I just. I would not do it. I, like, it got to the point where I was like, I have to fucking walk and yeah. crawl and pedal really slowly. I'll do it. Like if it takes me twenty four hours, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like that was never. A, that's why I say like remove giving up as an option. Yeah, and you become unstoppable absolutely unstoppable and uh yeah like um it was it was just it was an experience and it was i just kept thinking about i just kept visualizing finishing yeah and it was great it was a great feeling finishing it really really was so i was going to therapy at the time all right. just to, to learn a bit about myself Nothing yeah wrong. not saying that you have to be in a place of pain or that but it was just to yeah and he was actually my therapist was actually going like do you not think you're like you're like maybe overthinking like what happens if you get there and it isn't i'm like no it'll, it'll be it'll be amazing <laughs> and it was like it was so so yeah. nice to finish it it was it was so good and even still to this day i was at an event last week in northern ireland and folk are still like not that everyone's talking about it but i mean like i hadn't seen some people and they were like you've done that last year and yeah. it was like it's still a it, it is quite and then afterwards like folk are just because it's a feat it really really is a physical feat it's like 140 miles you cover yeah like Swim, cycle, and run 140 miles in a day. It's yeah. mental. 
So you cover 140 miles, but what does your week of training look like leading up to it? How many miles are you covering a day? What's what like how many hours are you training for each day? So like anything, it really comes down to where the person is at is doing it. For me, it was just about getting it done, getting it there. I wanted to do a sub 12 hours and it ended up being like four, 14 hours, 45 minutes because I was just so, I got COVID four weeks before it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that tanked my energy as well. Um, so, yeah, and I had an injury where I wasn't able to run for seven weeks as well. And then when I started getting back into my running two weeks after I got COVID, so I just wasn't optimal at all. But it was just like, it, and I was, I think I was just so gutted as well, Phoebe, because it was like, I, it was it got to the point where I didn't think I was going to be able to do it because of like I was maybe going to France and I couldn't go to France because I didn't have my second vaccine because I got COVID. Yeah. So I had to find another event in the UK and I found the Dalesman, which was luckily enough on the same day. Mm-hmm. So it was just such a and I'd contributed so much energy, time, my physique, my my energy, everything to this one thing, and I yeah. felt like I, it was just I felt like a fool because mm-hmm. it was like if I don't do this, I'm going to look like a tit, and I know you shouldn't care. But it it had been my life for such a long time and it was just it it just felt like see if I wasn't able to do it, it, it would have really made me feel low. Mm. I mean, so um, I'm glad that I'd done it. But what was it? So what was the question again? No, like, no, no problem. Uh, it was more about your week of training leading up to it. So so what did it look like? Did you have certain swim, run, bike days? Or? So um basically like John John didn't do any resistance training, he wasn't into resistance training, so he was he was like to me, just just leave your resistance training. I was like, no. <laughs> no. Um, but basically I made sure that I had two resistance sessions. I'm now working with a coach now, uh, Joe Parrish. And Joe is very big on like being a hybrid and doing both. So like, we're in a good spot with that there. And it wasn't that I wasn't before, but um I obviously understood from doing a lot of different things that I had to keep that there as well. It wasn't he didn't say John like John didn't say take it out completely. Towards the end, he was like, I was just believing it now, and I was like, No. Mm-hmm. So I always made sure I had two weight sessions per week. At the beginning I hit three a lot of the time. Yeah. But see the meso cycle and the way that I was doing it, the macro cycles, they got so fucking all over the place because it was like Right, you're doing this build block, then it was like, no, you're not, because the yeah. events here. So it yeah. was like, I was out, like, seeing like the December, I was out, I was swimming, I was swimming twice a week, doing intervals in the pool, just building up my sort of conditioning there. Yeah. And then it was like, so essentially I had this plan that was like, right, you're going to peak here, then go down. Then it was like, up, up, up. Then it was like, no, pause that, but you can still do these wee bits here. <laughs> yeah. And so it was, it was so scatty. It was, it was such a mess because it was like, right. And then, then it was like, because uh, I was so worried about it, I was like, right, I push really hard mm. here. And I was out running way beyond, I remember, like, way before the event. I was out doing 20 mile runs. Yeah. And I was like, because I didn't know, because like, I just was so, I think because I went from never doing anything like that to being like, and because I have the ability to do it, I was just totally like, I didn't know the, the bandwidth. So, but the top end, see when you're in your sort of peak, for example, I do about 15 hours total of training a week. Mm-hmm. So that would be like there might be a week that's more bike specific yeah. and there might be a week that's more run specific but yeah. essentially what that really consisted of towards the end was two swims mm-hmm. so two 40 to 60 minute swims yeah and um, depending on what it was and these were outdoors as well and uh, obviously i moved into going outdoors after being in the pools but the pool shut as well for a period so i i know nightmare and that's what led me to getting injuries as well Phoebe, because it was like well the pools are shut so mm-hmm. i'll just smash my running yeah you know I mean? like a big mistake like i just I, I broke myself you know what i mean i was out doing way too much and i got this injury in my hip and i couldn't i couldn't i could walk fine i couldn't run though the yeah. minute i ran i just had a searing pain in my hip 
and I had it for seven weeks and then eventually went away. So um, the top end, towards the end, it was like, say, for example, like, I don't know, probably about two to four hours of running, depending mm. on what your specifics were. Yeah. And then probably about five to eight hours of cycling and yeah. then probably about two, two and a half hours of swimming and then two hours of um, resistance training as well. Um, so but again, you, yeah, sorry. So how did you balance that with, you know, running your business, relationships, friendships, having rest? Do you have to create a priority list and then... I, I fucking bumped myself out. Like, I was honestly, like, I, so I was at an event last week in Phil Graham's Power Room. Yeah. And basically, you had to do a power talk. Mm-hmm. And I was basically, like, you didn't have to. I put my hand up to do it and I went and done it. And I spoke about how to optimise your body and your business. Your, yeah. body with, your business with your body mm-hmm. and I basically went from having a full face-to-face business boot camp with like 40 subscribers in it mm-hmm. 40 50 subscribers in it somewhere about there um and a face-to-face business that was like I had like 20 clients with it really really like good face-to-face business yeah. and I was like and I was also buying a house like I was mm-hmm. moving into a house and training for an Ironman and then, like, I joined Authority Network, which is the, the the mentorship I'm part of. Which these 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 guys and guys and girls massively helped me build an online business. By the way, like, mm-hmm. like they they massively helped me build an incredible lifestyle, impactful yeah. business. So I didn't just do it on my own as well. Like, I had a lot of help, although it was me. But yeah, I was oh my god, man! Like, if see see, be honest, right? See if there's ever t- a time in your journey to be a bit burnt out. I was actually talking to a therapist that was at the event last week. Mm-hmm. You're gonna to have to compromise. You're 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 gonna to have to go through a state of state of burnout at some point. Like you have to. Yeah. And I know that some people may be listening to that and they'll be like, "What? Like if you think building an, an incredibly successful business, physique, lifestyle is going to come easy, you're naive." No. You know what I mean? It's it's like so. I, I describe it as three points of hardship. Number yeah. one was when I first became a coach, when I left the military. I was literally headless chicken mode, running about, just didn't have anything at all. Phase two was lockdown, going into lockdown. Ah, what's going on? And then I just headless chicken mode. And then phase three was that phase last year when I built a business. And yeah, like I built like a, like it's funny as well, like loads of folk, I work with loads of coaches and stuff as well. And, and I see a lot of folk when they're like, I just can't get beyond here and it's this limiting like limiting factor i just can't get beyond 16 clients mm-hmm. i can't i'm too scared to take that jump you just need to do it yeah because see when you do it your back is against the wall yeah and there's so many folk that i know that are like oh, i'm just gonna do this first i'm gonna do this and i'm like you're fucking playing it safe yeah you're playing well, it safe and yeah. as a result of playing it safe you're building a reality and an expectation and a reality around that Whereas mm-hmm. if you just go all like because my experience, I was like, well, I want to have like 30 clients. Mm-hmm. So in a matter of like two, three months, I built an online business with like 30 clients. Yeah. Whereas there's people who just dab on it, they just dab on it, they don't go all in. And you're like, you know, like, oh, have you stuck here? I'm like, you're stuck there because you're mm-hmm. doing these, you need to just lean into yeah. it. You need to do it. Yeah, focus. All in in order to specialize. I know some people who want to be a personal trainer, but also want the security of having a salary yeah. job. But without going all in, you're never going to know what it what could have happened. So I, that's why I'm glad I went to a commercial gym because I had a month where I was given gym floor shift. I was getting paid for a month, guaranteed salary, but I had to go and work the floor 
fine client in some ways my bills wouldn't have been paid yeah um, and you have to make that sacrifice but ultimately it'll pay off yeah 100 percent. you have to just lean into it and I mean, that's the thing i think now the trouble is there's a lot of coaches now and they'll start off and it's like they're almost getting into it to play it safe they've set their expectations safe yeah. so i'm going to do this 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 and you're like that's that's your fight or flight mode coming into play because you're chasing words like risk and financial stability and all that right we all want financial stability but yeah. you have to go through a place of pain mm-hmm. in order to achieve that stability you can't yeah. you can't just do it like it's not just going to come like you can't just like set up an instagram and like that's it you need to go through a place of pain yeah however like i speak with so much conviction because i have went through so much i've subjected myself to so much pain from my business from my body and I speak from a place of pure conviction to the point where I coach a lot of people and I'm just like, bullshit. Like, I'm a very sympathetic coach as well, but anyway, like, I really am. But yeah. my girlfriend's just started off coaching and I was explaining to her, I was like, look, amazing coaches ask very, very good quality questions. They don't answer, right? However, there does come a time where you just need to fucking shake someone and go, you are thinking irrationally right now. You are thinking out of pure emotion and out of pure impulse. Stop mm-hmm. that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I I love having these conversations as well because I love, I've done it quite a lot, so I've got go good at it, and I love doing it. So folks just are like, I'm so glad you said that, Christian. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm so glad you said that, Christian, because now, as a result of that, I'm able to do what I need to do. And this mm. is something I actually mentioned on a coaching call with my guys last night, and I do a call called the Monday Level Up with my team online, and I basically said, are you actually pulling back in order to push forward? Or are you actually changing direction? Yeah. And a lot of folk are changing direction. Yeah. But they think they're playing it safe. Mm-hmm. They think they're doing what so they're like, oh, I'm going to go and do this. And this isn't even just business as well. This is like like relative to everyone. Folk doing stuff like, say, for example, you've got Karen that's been a member of Slimming World for 10 years. And she goes and hires herself, Phoebe, and she says, I'm going to do this. And you say, I want you to trust me. And I want you to start putting these processes in place because XXX, week one goes by, they lose a wee bit of weight, they feel a bit better. Week two goes by, nothing happens. And then week three goes by and you're like, so how are you getting on with the stuff that they spoke about? So I'm doing this, 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 but I've went back to Summer World because yeah. like, and you're like, you're going back the way. You're not, you're not progressing forward, but yeah. they think that they're actually doing the right thing. But ultimately, mm. the reason they're in the position they're in now is because what they were doing wasn't working. So why are they going back to something that wasn't working? And all that is is safety. Focus, scared. That's it. Mm. It's the biggest driver of fear. And I speak about that very, very passionately because I do like subjecting myself to discomfort. Like, call it sadistic, call it whatever. But I genuinely like feel like if I'm getting too fucking comfy, I'm too complacent. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And it's why... So if I do a workout in the morning and I feel like quitting during the workout, I know that I'm going to walk out that door knowing that I've pushed myself to the limit and knowing that I've overcome something that a lot of people wouldn't dream about doing for fun, you know? Yeah, and it's 100%. Like, and with, um, I've been getting into having ice baths and going in the North Sea for fun. But you do that and then the rest of your day, you just feel euphoric because you've done something hard and you've overcome a mental barrier. So anything else tough that comes up during the day, you know that you can overcome it. 
100% and it's like getting used to that because yeah. what you'll find is if you're not used to it, the minute something does come up and it's a challenge, and this was the second point, and this was, it's, remember I said what deems a really successful client in my program, yeah. and I said someone's ability to accept ownership of challenges and problems. Yeah. Whereas if you're always shying away from something that makes you feel uncomfortable, and I'm not talking about like going in ice baths, not like I, I have a cold chill in the morning and stuff like that. Yeah. But you don't have to be that hardcore and jump in an ice bath and all. You don't have to do that if you're someone that just wants to initially get started. Yeah. I'm talking about having the discipline to set out a 10-minute plan every Sunday. Yeah. That, that's discomfort because it's there's an easy option not to do it. Yeah. But that 10 minutes of planning can alleviate 10 hours of stress during the week, right? And what you accept becomes your standard. So if you literally accept shit standards... Yeah. on a daily basis your standards will that's what they will become mm. if you're doing things that on paper yeah you might be hitting the gym you might be doing x y or z you might be doing this but if i was to be a fly in the wall and look at your daily actions mm-hmm. how would you rate them how would i rate them mm. and see if that's like a one to ten are you surprised why you're not optimizing what you're doing yeah. and this is what folks do not realize it's the standards across the board and if you don't accept shit standards in other parts of your life do you know what I mean? That might be for things like zero boundaries with your phone. As simple as that. If you're sitting up to half 12 every single night, 1am, scrolling mindlessly on TikTok, that's a shit standard. Yeah. Well, how you do anything is how you do everything. That's it. And a lot of people don't agree with that, but I do. Yeah, I do too. And it's like, the thing is, like, like I was actually talking to someone the other day and he said this and I thought it was dead funny. They were like, you know how if you're like sitting on, like you're sitting on the toilet and you're like scrolling on your phone? Yeah. And it's like, you go, this is a really rubbish habit. Like, what, I need to stop this. It's like, see, yeah. like, if you've got wee key indicators, like, see if you're someone that's quite highly driven, right? And you're always going to do it. Like, because I, I went through, like, the start of the year, I was talking about this last night as well. I was arguably, like, being too regimented. I didn't drink for, like, eight weeks. Yeah. And I was living, like, I wasn't living like a monk, but I was going to bed at 10 every night. I read, like, three books in January in my bed at night, right? And, like, I was just dialed in with my nutrition so much mm-hmm. but so much so that I was actually being a wee bit too stringent at myself and I look back at it, then I went away traveling to Spain for three weeks there just moving about the country and it allowed me to kind of just I had great standards but I also still had some poor standards my sleep wasn't as good I was consuming a bit more alcohol than normal and stuff like that but I've came back and looking back I'm like it's nice to have that wee bit of balance there but as long as you can identify and learn and be like right how and see being in shape See being incredibly fit, see operating at your best is hard. It needs to be on the forefront of your mind every single fucking day. Every yeah. day. You need to think about it with every moment, right? Yeah. What we call that obsessive, it's not. Like, yeah. like, it's certainly not. It's really, really not. I'm talking about being, I'm not talking about being 3% body fat and yeah. having veins in your abs. I'm talking about just maintaining and living that, 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 that your, your most optimal self. Yeah. I mean? Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your race day for the Ironman. Yeah. Did you have any hurdles you needed to come overcome on the day? Did you um, want to point? How did the race go? So I wasn't nervous for it at all. Like I think because I just managed, I ran through every. This is a really good tip as well. If anyone's getting any events coming up or in at all, just run through everything that could go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was just I was scared about my nutrition as well. I wanted to make sure I nailed it and just didn't bonk at all of that. Yeah. I knew that like my, my plan as well was just try and keep my heart rate below 160 yeah. when I'm on flats and stuff like that because 
the thing was I wasn't conditioned to be doing it at like a, a decent pace. I was just conditioned to get around it. Yeah. And I knew that I had it in me. And I just kept telling myself, you'd be like, you've done the work. Yeah. You've done like you've accumulated a lot of mileage in your bike. You've taught yourself from swim. You've actually done I done the full distance and all that before it. And then yeah, like on the day of the race, it was just that it was just an emotional day. It was just very, very like a lot of self-talk, a lot of digging deep. Like a lot of like when I done the swim, I came out of the water and I just was like, done it. Like I was like, I can't believe I done that. And that was the bit like I just had this pure moment of like, I don't know, it was less it was quite euphoric and I was like when I booked up to that in November, I couldn't swim. Yeah. You are on the day of the Ironman and you're just moving on to phase two. Yeah. And then it was like, it, I don't know, I just really took each stage as it came. Mm. Like I just I just went, right, okay, got my stuff, got my bike, took on board some food right away, man, and then just cracked on. And then yeah. like, it was going round and I was going, there was a lot of people like moving round. You're not really meant to talk to anyone on that bike, but there was a few folk that were just kind of cycling next to each other and we were just at a good pace chatting man and then just kind of getting through it and i just kind of pretended like i just i just thought to myself i was like i'm just gonna like just focus on one mile at a time and enjoy it and it was really nice the yorkshire day was just nice but yeah. what, like like going around the first sort of 30 miles were okay then it was like you had like a hill face and it was just so hilly um and it, i remember i just kept had to keep getting out of my head of like because it was two laps yeah it was a fifth two 56 mile laps yeah um and then like i was just i was just being really optimal i was like really just getting in the right gear in my bike making sure i wasn't burning my legs out and getting cramped making sure that my nutrition was on point um using every downhill i could because see when i every train this is one thing i've done in my train runs as well i never stopped pedaling in a train run see really? for like yeah, yeah. never stopped pedaling even downhill i never stopped pedaling right and seeing the day of the event i gave myself the permission if I was hitting a downhill, yeah, recover. yeah, just, just recover right now. So it was like I was just using things, and I was also tapping in and telling myself really positive stories. I was like, "Well, you've never had this much water on a long ride because mm-hmm. I only ever went out and had like five liters of water on me." Yeah. So it was like, and then I had an abundance of food. I didn't have to carry it on, and the stops and everything. It was like there's people around you, and it wasn't that big an event, but it was. Like, I was just really digging into the positive yeah. stuff, and then. Just keeping an eye on my heart rate, speaking to myself, like thinking about like I've done this stuff at therapy where it was like thinking about like a really stepping into a really positive state of mind. I patched mm-hmm. it and I just thought about my mum and dad's dog. <laughs> like I just kept because it just yeah. made me, it makes me dead happy. And I was just thinking about really and I kept thinking about crossing the line. And then I got around and then the the last like sort of part of the cycle, I think it was like mile 70 or something. I was like, oh man, I'm dying. Like my guts were sore, I felt a bit sick. Yeah. My knees were sore and everything, and I was going, I've got a marathon to do. <laughs> and then it was like, uh, got back and then came in again, finished the ride. I finished it really strong. Last like 10 miles, I was flying, man. Like, it was really good. And it didn't even feel hard. It was like, I'm just in a good spot right now. And I got back, chucked my stuff on, and I just started running. Mm. And then um, I ran the first six miles, five miles, six miles. Yeah. And then after that, like my heart rate was just because I, I wasn't, I hadn't done any of the conditioning to it. So I'd done the, the, the swim. One hour twenty six. I done the cycle in like seven hours, and then I ran the first six miles, and I pretty much had to. It was like walk, jog, walk, jog, yeah. and then like I really like the last like sort of like once I was at mile eighteen, folk were collapsing and stuff. Like there was folk. It's and it's like an Iron Man shuffle. Loads of folk are just shuffling. They're not running. They're just loads of folk are just 
and just shuffling yeah. about. Um, so yeah, um, and then just going round, it was it was a nice week. It was a wee intimate race in the sense that it wasn't that big, and all the all the supporters were amazing. It was all folks' families and all that, and they were just like so good. And it was like, and then like uh, finishing, I done it in, like fourteen hours forty five or something, um, and then. And, and I didn't like looking back. I'm like I could have done it a lot quicker, but it was like I'd done it with everything against me. Do you know what I mean? So it was like, um, so I was really happy. And then finishing, man, I, I just I got really really emotional. I just started crying at the end of it. It was just really really nice. And then yeah, it was it was just an amazing day. Like I'm just really 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 happy that I done it. Um, and now just... now you are an Iron Man. That's something that very few people can call themselves, and that's very special in itself. Yeah. I I love you. What was the first meal you had after the race? Or the um, next day? Did you just go for it? I went I, I got really drunk the next day. <laughs> like, I was in Ripping. Yeah, I know. So um I was in Ripping and that's what it was. It was such a beautiful place in Yorkshire. And then we went to the next day we stayed in New York. Well we'll just go and spend a day in New York. Um, but that night I got back and like it was so the, the hotel we stayed at in Ripon was beautiful. It was just like a little restaurant with like five rooms above it, but like all the staff were so friendly. And I came back and they were like all sitting outside and they were like just chatting to me and yeah. talking. And there was somebody else in the half one and we were just chatting away. And then I went upstairs and I think we ordered the Domino's. I didn't even eat it all. Really? Like I was, yeah. yeah. My guts, were in, my guts were in bits. Yeah. From, and see, eating gels all day and, and like. And eating just just look just hundreds of just very very refined like just processed food like your guts are in bits and um, I got a beer and then I just like the next day I woke up and I just felt pure stiff and um, but went into York and it ended up getting so drunk the next day it was it was funny though but yeah. the day after that I was like really my kidneys are actually like what have I done I literally done an Ironman they went for a day session next day. Um, but it was a great day. It was a great, great, great couple of days as well. Yeah. It was just, it was nice as well. And I have to thank Wee Ailey, my girlfriend, for just being my wingman and uh, supporting me the entire way as well. Because it was, uh, in, in putting up with me, like building an online business and whilst we're moving house and in mm-hmm. training for an Ironman and all that. Um, so yeah, it was, it was an incredible thing. So if anyone's thinking about doing it, it's a good one. Just do it. Yeah. Um, it's behind me there as well. If you're going to put any. For the wee meadow and stuff like that, my, oh, stuff right. the, yeah, it's up behind me there. So yeah. definitely proud of it, and I'm doing the half Ironman in August, so I'm looking forward to it. But I'm a total, I'm a total novice. Like, like we, it's funny. Loads of people have asked me. But I think it's just folk thing is impressive because it's like I didn't do that. Like I was like, I'm just gonna do this, and it wasn't like what I done. Whereas yeah. if if I was in a room full of Ironman right now, the women that were like. Like they'd be like, this guy's a fucking novice. <laughs> like, yeah. So the final question I want to ask you is you seem like you're someone who's always looking to improve themselves and be better than they were yesterday. Where did that start for you? Have you always been like that or was it when you left the military? I've always I've always been like it. Like I've always like like I'm I just always knew that I was capable of more. I knew that I've since I've been a wee boy, I've always looked after things that like I'm very very attentive with things that I get and I, yeah. I want to make sure that I get the most out of everything that I do like even from when I was younger and I got a pair of running shoes I would I would wear them into the ground and I would make sure when I got them I'm just I'm so I don't like wasting anything yeah I don't like and I think the biggest thing for me is I don't want to have any regret mm. I don't want to look back and and I think for 
obviously everything happens for a reason and all that, but like I, I really I, I sat I was really unhappy for the last probably two, two and a half years being in the military. Mm-hmm. And I, it like I can I can see so many folk doing things and I actually did love a talk recently at an event we've done called Big Impact Day. And basically we were talking about like at, my talk was called Discovering Your Inner Hero, just like what I'm kind of talking about right now. It's that yeah. journey of belief. And I'm just on a bit of a mission, a bit of a crusade to to show more people that I just felt like no I I knew that see what I was doing right now. Like like last week we I was at an event with some of the top figures in the fitness industry. We delivered an event recently with a hundred people at it with I'm on podcast and all that. I I, I just like, I couldn't tell you it was gonna be like this, but I, I knew like I was like I knew this would be the way things went. I don't know, I can't explain it. Like, but and I'm just on a bit of a crusade to just make sure that and it's not just just for coaches. I don't just work with coaches, but it's like I want to just make sure that folk are filling their boot, they're reaching their potential. Mm. I mean, I want to make sure that someone is they're squeezing every single bit of potential out of themselves. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't want. It just makes me sad when someone's like they're they're not they're not aware of that, and I want to make more people aware of that. Do you know what I mean? And I want to just make more people get that these same feelings that I do because it's an incredible thing, and it has a domino effect in so many other parts of your life. It really, really does. It's amazing. So. Yeah, no, thanks so much for having me on today. I've really enjoyed it. Look, on that note, thank you so much for coming on and all the best for everything in the future. Yeah, no, incredible. Thank you very much. And guys, I hope you have enjoyed um, listening as well and uh, you've taken some inspo. Go and book an animal. <laughs>